Nehemiah chapter 5 is where we're going to be this morning, continuing our way through the book of Nehemiah. And so, we'll go ahead and start reading in verse 1. Notice what it says, "...and there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren, the Jews. For there were that said, We are sons and our daughters are many." Therefore, we take up corn for them that we may eat and live. Some also there were that said, We have mortgaged our lands, vineyards and houses, that we might buy corn because of the dearth. There were also that said, We have borrowed money for the king's tribute, and that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought unto bondage already." Neither is it in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. So what we see described right here is something that it's important that we get a hold of. Now, as Americans, we're used to the American monetary system. We're used to the American laws and American way of government. Um, And so sometimes it can be very confusing when we're reading the Bible and we look at the different laws and things that they had back then, especially concerning borrowing and lending. And one of the things that people often do, uh, that Bible believers often do, that kind of end up making themselves look stupid sometimes, is they will take one law from the Bible. They will take one out of many laws and they will go crazy dogmatic with that one law that is, in fact, in the Bible. But here's the problem, is if we ignore 40 other related laws, we're not going to fix anything by us just obeying that one law. It's kind of like work salvation people. Typically, they just kind of pick a law that they like, and they're like, you have to do this. And that's ridiculous, because according to the Bible, you know, if you're guilty of any, or if you're, if you're going to claim the law, you have to take all of it. You can't just take part of it and expect it to work. That's hypocrisy. And so it's the same thing too when it comes to financial principles, when it comes to so many things, when it comes to government, when it comes to death penalty, when it comes to uh, laws about divorce and things like that. Often Christians will zero in on a law that they like. And there's laws that we like and there's laws that we don't like. And often they will, in a way that almost puts people in bondage, they will demand everyone follow that one law but it's not going to work without the other laws being put in place too. They all have to work together. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this because we're going to look at some uh, principles on borrowing and lending and we're going to kind of use this story as an illustration because what was just described here, remember Nehemiah, he's coming back, he's coming back to rebuild things. Last week we saw all these people working together, but at the same time, Israel is in a bad place. Many of the people were in a really bad situation financially. And it was because they had kind of come under financial bondage as a result of a dearth in the land, which is, you know, an economic downturn, you could say. And unfortunately for them, their own brethren kind of took advantage of them uh, in that situation. And they were not supposed to do that. And so, as we kind of talk about some of these things, again, I want you to keep in mind that if you hear a law that you're like, I like that, you know, why don't we do just that one thing? Well, just understand, it wouldn't really work unless we do all these other things too. And if you see something that you don't like, you think, well, that would be really negative if we did that. 
Well, it actually would be really negative if we did all the other things too. But at the same time, while none of us are in charge of the financial system in our country, it is important that we learn principles, that we at least gain some principles so we can know how to get, uh, navigate our life and how we can nag- navigate through a pretty crooked system that we have. We don't have the best system. We have a, I think we have a better system in America than many countries, but it's not completely just. And yeah, there's a lot of difficulties. So what we saw here, this was something that was, that was against God's law in a big way. And when it comes to what the Bible teaches about borrowing and lending, it is. It can be confusing, but they did. They had a very specific system back then. And except, now I'm not an expert in all the rules and how these things work, but I think if we cover some of the basic principles, it will help us understand these things. And so can, the confusion, though, it does. It just it gets, gets confusing when we want to get dogmatic about a rule that we like. You want to know one of the rules that I really like in the Bible about borrowing and lending is every seven years, everybody's debt's being cleared, you know, after the after that year of jubilee, after fifty years, everything gets restored to the original. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I like those laws. You know, there's some good things there. Uh, and you say, well, why don't we just start doing that in this country? Well, if we, the only way that would work, we would have to change a bunch of other things too. We, you know, we can't just all of a sudden, to, you know, tomorrow add that one thing without completely revamping everything. We'll, we'll, I think we'll understand more as we go. But again, the fact that we aren't under this system today, it doesn't mean that these laws, you know, aren't good and that there aren't certain principles we can glean from them. For sure we can. But it is, it's foolish to go around demanding that people follow a financial rule based off of one of these verses because, you know, again, it's, we're not under that system. We have a completely different system and you're a hypocrite. When you demand everybody obey this one law while all these other laws are just thrown out. So just keep that in mind. And so nobody needs to pretend that they're holding themselves to these things, but we can learn principles. So first thing I want us to notice where we can kind of make some application, notice how the people of Israel were crying out in this passage against their own brethren because a famine... Okay, keep this in mind. A famine made it so that in order to survive, the people had to go into great debt that got beyond their control. Sometimes people do go through hard times uh, as a, individually. You know, a guy can lose his job for some reason. Maybe it wasn't even completely his fault. There's injuries. Sometimes people have inju- injuries and they can't work the way that they need to be able to work. You know, there's all, you know sometimes too, um, there's just certain businesses that uh, fail to, they don't succeed. That where they used to be successful, but for whatever reason, the market changed. There's no demand for that anymore. It's not that that person was a bad person. Sometimes bad things happen. And when that happens, somebody might need to go into debt. Somebody might need to borrow some money. I don't believe that's a sin, but you do want to make sure you do whatever you can to keep it within your control. You don't want to get yourself in uh, a dangerous situation because debt is something we should all try to avoid but understand that debt is better than starvation okay if i'm about to starve to death my family's about to starve to death i'd be better off putting some groceries on the credit card than i would be letting them fall over dead from hunger okay and that stinks because you know now i got to try to pay that credit card company back and all that kind of stuff but at least we're alive to do it 
And I think we're a long way from that uh, in this country. But again, just common sense. And so lending was something that you were supposed to do to help your brother out during a difficult time. It was not intended as a way to get rich off his back, which is what's going on with the lending in our country today. It's not a way to help people out. We're even, even in a way where you can mutually benefit each other. It's a way people are getting rich off of the backs of people. They're getting rich off somebody because of hard times that they went through. That's not how these things are supposed to work. In fact, and, and people too who say that borrowing money is a sin. Well, if borrowing money is a sin, then lending money would also be a sin too. But sometimes it's a sin not to lend money. We see in uh, Psalms 37, 26, He is ever merciful and lendeth. His seed is blessed. Psalm 112, 5, a good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Obviously, you got to be careful. Obviously, we can't lend something that we don't have. You know, we got to have discretion. I can't get so generous in lending money that I get to where I'm not able to pay my own bills and I'm starving myself. Proverbs 19, 17 says, He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. And I believe, too, when it's talking about, you know, he that pity on the poor, you're lending to the Lord. I think that's just when you're giving to the poor. Okay? And when you're, if, if somebody is going through a hard time, you know, and you do, I think it's a good thing to just give to that person, not expecting anything in return. But at the same time, too, you know what? According to the Bible here, you're lending to the Lord. Okay? Guess what? If you lend to the Lord, he will pay you back. If you lend to other people, probably not. So uh, just keep that. I like that verse right there. You know, we're going into the Christmas season too, and it's supposed to be all about giving and stuff like that. Just think about it that way, as I'm I'm lending to the Lord when when we give. And so, if it is if it's a sin to lend, if it, if it isn't a sin to lend, then it can't be a sin to borrow. But what sinful men often do when someone is in their debt is they try to take advantage of them, and that's not right. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. And so, now here's the thing. If you look at other versions of the Bible, Dave Ramsey likes to quote that verse right there, but Dave Ramsey never wants to use the King James Bible. And you know what other versions say? That the borrower is slave to the lender. Okay? Now, here's another thing too that I, I want us to get a hold of about servants and slaves. Did you know the, the word slave is only in the Bible one time? In, in the King James Bible, I should say. In Jeremiah 2.14, it says, Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? Now, have you ever heard people talk about one of the bad things about the Bible is it condones slavery? Okay? And slavery is a very, very, very bad word in America because of, you know, black slaves, racism, Civil War, all that stuff, right? And so slavery is a very, very, very bad word. And let me tell you something. I do think slavery is wrong, okay? And not just because it was white people owning black slaves. I think slavery is a bad thing. In fact, if you look up the definition of slave, it's a person who is wholly subject to the will of another, one who has no will of his own, but whose person and services are wholly under the control of another in the early state of the world and to this day among some barbarous nations, prisoners of war are considered and treated as slaves. The slaves of modern times are more generally purchased like horses and oxen. So that, uh, so understand a slave is somebody who has no will of their own. Somebody that you just use to your benefit, 
That is wrong. Right? That is wrong. But do you understand? There's a difference between a slave and a servant. There's a difference. A servant is more like an employee. Okay? A servant or an employee. You, if you're, when you're in most, all of us in here have been employees before our employees of some kind. And when you're an employee, you are doing work that someone else wants you to do and they're paying you, you're benefiting, but they are also benefiting as well. That's how, that's how these things work. And if they are, if you are the servant, technically, they are your master. And you do. You still have certain freedom. You can quit that job if you want. You don't have to be someone's servant. But uh, understand that when it comes to... There's a big difference between a servant and a slave. And the Bible mainly talks about servants. And, as, and, you know, so people don't really know what they're talking about when they bring that up. It's just one more way to just try to make the Bible look bad. But look what it says in Deuteronomy 15, verse 1. It says, At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, but that which is thine, which thy brother thine hand shall release. Save when there shall be no poor among you, for the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. Only if thou carefully hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day. For the Lord thy God blesseth thee as he hath promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow. And thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. God wanted them, God did not want them at the mercy of other nations like America is kind of at the mercy of China right now because of all the money that we owe them. God did not want that for Israel. And so they did. They had a year of release. And people look at that and they're like, well, it's terrible that somebody had to be a servant. Well, how is that any different than what we have now with 30-year mortgages, with credit card debt? Hey, hey, there's, there's debts that I've gotten that I don't want to pay back. I don't want to pay them back. Now, I will. And, 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 and I want to in the sense because I want to honor my word and things like that. But at, at the same time, too, I don't always want to. And there have been times I have gotten charges and interest and in things that I wasn't expecting and I didn't think was te- really fair. And, you know, I didn't want to pay it back, but I did. And so, the, so technically, if I have to pay back a loan that I don't want to pay back, I'm being a servant against my will. According to these non-King James people, I am actually a slave at that point. Okay? Now, obviously, I asked for it. But, you know, you get mad when you talk about, you know, slavery or something like that, where, you know, well, people, some people wanted to. Some people liked working for these people. Their masters were good to them and things like that. They'll get really offended when you bring that up. But the truth is, it's no different than what we have going on today, where many people are literally in financial bondage to lending institutions and things. And they've got to do all kinds of work and, and pay back for things that they don't want to. But at the same time, people will look at what they did in the Bible and think, that's terrible, that was slavery. Well, at least they had a way to be released after seven years. Look how many people are paying, like, like student loans is what, what everybody's talking about today too. Biden's trying to forgive all these student loans. And I mean, most people he's paying back these student loans, it takes them more than seven years to pay them back. I'll bet they'd like some release from that kind of thing. But guess what? They can't get released from it. Therefore, they're servants to these, these, these borrowing institutions. So it's the, the hypocrisy of people who try to talk about slavery in the Bible and how it was so bad. 
It's like you do realize what we have in our country is worse than what the Bible describes, yet you don't complain about that. I think you're a hypocrite. But let's keep reading a little bit more. But again, because notice the, the, the purpose of lending, it was to help the poor. It was not to get rich off their backs. It says, if there be among you a poor man of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be a sin unto thee. So you see what he said here? He's saying, you need to lend to your poor brother. And don't you dare have a wicked heart and think, man, it's only six months until the year of release. I'm probably not going to get my money back. Or I'm probably not going to get much interest. I'm probably not going to profit off this. You don't do these things as a way to get rich off your brother's back. You do it as a way to help them out. They got themselves in a bad situation. You ought to help them out. And so it goes on to say, Thou shalt surely give unto him, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee. Oh, my stars, selling people. Hey, did you know that I have been sold three different times in the last ten years? I've literally been sold three different times. Y'all didn't know that I was a slave like that, did you? Okay, and, and it was against my will. Okay, I, I, I had no say in it. I got a letter in the mail showing that I had been sold to another bank. And it was my mortgage. My original mortgage that I got when we purchased our house. Okay, they, I, I did it with one bank and then they sold my loan to another bank. And then they sold my loan to another bank. And I was on the third bank and then I finally got it refinanced. And, I, and now I've got a new master that I picked and, they, and, and so far, they haven't sold me yet. And they've been treating me pretty good. Uh, and I appreciate my master uh, taking, care of me, taking care of me the way they are. And I'm in the process of uh, seeking to uh, basically get my son sold uh, to these people as well. Uh, because, you know, they've treated, they've treated me pretty good. They're a good master. <laughs> and so, I, is, that, is this not what we're seeing here in the Scriptures? We just don't use those terms. We found a way to make it sound a little bit better. We've softened it up, but yet our world, they're taking these other versions, terms that they're using and applying these modern definitions to them, not understanding we have, this is a better system than what we have today. But anyway, so it says, and if thy brother and Hebrew man or in Hebrew woman be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. So look at that. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock and out of thy floor and out of thy winepress of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Thou shalt give unto him and thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore I command thee this thing today and it shall be if he say unto thee, I will not go away from thee. Why would a slave not want to leave his master? And some of them are good to him. So because he loveth thee 
in thine house because he well, is well with thee. Then thou shalt take an awl and thrust it through his ear unto the door, and he shall be thy servant forever. And also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do likewise. And it shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendest him away free from thee. For he hath been worth a double hired servant unto thee in serving these six years. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all that thou doest. So we can kind of see that system they had. And again, if you liked your master, if you wanted to keep working for him, then you know what you did? You went and you got your ear pierced. And uh, you and it showed, it marked you as a slave or a servant. Sorry, servant. Let's use the King James term. As his servant forever. But it was something they did voluntarily. Their master, he would tell them, hey, your year of release is up. I'm ready to let you go and I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. You've been, you know, you've been a good servant all these years and I'm, I'm going to send you away good. But he's like, you know what? I want to keep working for you. You've been good to me. Then they could make it a permanent thing. That was the system that they had then. And uh, I don't know. I think it's better than what we have today. So people often, they do, they talk about slavery in the Bible. But no, this wasn't something where, you know, things were against your will, where you were treated terrible. No, that, that's not what it was. It was service. It was paying back loans. It was a way they would pay back loans. It's like, hey, my family's starving. I need, I need help. I need a loan. Okay, I'll take care of your needs, but you're going to have to serve me whatever time they would make an agreement that's no different that's no different than what we do today so but what was wrong here in nehemiah is they went as far as being oppressive with their lending to where uh they were not making it so they could have freedom and that's not what it's about they shouldn't we shouldn't be trying to get rich off other people's backs and so i do i believe slavery is wrong but i don't believe service is wrong i don't believe paying back debts is wrong. Sometimes we cause ourselves to be obligated towards someone. And when we don't give someone what we owe them, we are doing wrong. We're doing wrong. And if you owe someone and don't pay them back, you, uh, you know, you're not a slave. Okay. And so, however, or if you don't want to pay them back, okay, it doesn't make you a slave. You're, you're a servant. But however, when you are a servant to someone and they take advantage and abuse you, there comes a point where you cross a line from having a servant to a slave, and that for sure is wrong. And there should so anytime there's a, somebody is in debt, there should always be an end in sight to those people. Leviticus twenty five thirty nine says, and if thy brother that dwelleth by thee be waxen and poor and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a bond servant, but as an hired servant, and as a sojourner he shall be with thee and shalt serve thee unto the year of jubilee. And so there's, there's a ton of scripture we could go to on this, but hopefully you can see exactly what Israel was doing wrong in the story. The rich were taking advantage of the poor and this needed to stop. So look what it says in verse 7. Then I consulted with myself and I rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said unto them, Ye exact usury, every one of his brother. And I sent a great assembly against them. And I said unto them, We after our ability have redeemed our brethren, the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen. And will ye even sell your brethren? Or shall they be sold unto us? Then held they their peace and found nothing to answer. Also I said, It is not good that ye do ought, ought ye not to walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies. And it, it's a sad thing when a nation takes advantage of their own people. And I th- and you know what? I'm tired of bankers and people who clearly 
care more about what's going on in other countries and places even like Israel than they do about America. And they are getting rich off the backs of regular people, people who have gone through hard times. It's wrong. You know, I, I, do, I think it's wrong all these poor young kids that got indoctrinated in high school and they got conned into going and getting a student loan so they could go get some worthless degree. They were told, if you do this, you're going to make all this money. And they just basically made these people slaves at, to these student loans. I mean, I just, it's sad how many people I have worked with over the years, working factory jobs, manual labor jobs, and they were greatly in debt from student loans for, degree, for degrees that they can't find a job in. It's pretty sad. So not only are they being taken advantage by the loans, but they've got these institutions, they've got their schools, these colleges, conning them into worthless degrees. I think it's sad. But verse 10 says, I likewise and my brethren and my servants might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave off this usury. Restore, I pray you to them, even this day their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards and their houses, also the hundredth part of the money and of the corn, the wine and the oil that ye exact of them. So they obviously had not been following the year of release, the year of Jubilee. I mean, most of these people in the land, they did not have their possessions during this time. And they were, they were greatly in debt and were, they were making the nobles rich while they were suffering. And so our country, we obviously don't have anything like this. And I believe that's one of the reasons we're in the financial mess and why we do have a lot of slaves in this country. I believe we do still have slavery. Okay. Our, our government continues to make all of us slaves with the, you know, the national debt that they keep racking up on us. We're going, we're paying for that. Our children are going to pay for that. Our grandchildren are going to pay for that. Do you think I want to give any more money back to the government to pay off all these stupid, you know, this debt that they've got into funding all these wars that are not benefiting our country in any way, things we should not be getting involved in? It's sad just how much debt, and let me, you know, it's sad how much debt they racked up just during COVID. And tr- let me tell you, Trump, as much as Baptists always act like they love Trump and think he's the greatest thing, that guy racked up a lot more debt. And it's, it's pretty sad. And you know what? We have to pay it back and there's nothing we can do about it. It's against my will. Therefore, I'm a slave to, to our government. You are a slave to our government. Watch what happens if you don't pay your taxes. And they're going to keep raising it. And one of the ways they're getting it back from us too is all this inflation. And that's one of the things too. And everybody knew this was coming when they were giving away money during COVID. Okay. Every, everybody knew that the government never gives away free money. Okay, it, it, it gives it gives loans, and we're all paying it back at the gas pump. We're paying it back in the grocery store, big time, it, through through all this inflation, and it's it's a mess. But verse twelve, then said they, we will restore them and will require nothing of them. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them that they should do according to this promise. Also, I shook my lap and said, So God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise, even thus be he shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did according to this promise. Think about Nehemiah again. 
in the, uh, chapter 3, I believe it was, I mean, we see all these families back to doing the work of the house of the Lord, restoring Jerusalem, getting it rebuilt, and Nehemiah all by himself. Because he calls, one man calls on everybody, hey, we've got to fix this financial mess that we've got going on. He got the people to change it. He got creditors to forgive the borrowers. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And he, you know what he did? He put the fear of God into these people. Because what they were doing was against the law of God. But you know, one of the reasons a lot of people do the junk that they do is just because no one ever calls them out on it. And thank God for men like Nehemiah who is willing to call it out. And can you imagine leaders of our country doing something like this today? And the truth is they won't because the reality is, you say, well, you know, my congressman, you know, uh, or my congresswoman, Ocasio-Cortez or whatever, she wants to forgive all my loans. She wants to forgive all my debts. Well, yeah, that's because she's not the creditor. But here's the problem. All the lobbyists and all the people that are funding their campaigns and everything, okay, they're the ones we owe the money to. And so they're not going to let them vote. To get rid of that stuff. You know, and so understand, it's not really Congress that's killing us on this thing. It's the people funding all our congressmen and senators and people like that. They're doing what their, you know, their donors tell them to do. So it's pretty sad. But, so it's probably not going to happen in our country anytime soon. But verse 14 says, Moreover, from the same time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year... Even unto the two and thirtieth year of our desert, sees the king, that is twelve years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people, and had taken of them bread and wine, beside forty shekels of silver. Yea, even their servants bear rule over the people, but so did not I, because of the fear of God. Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall, neither bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered thither unto the work. Moreover, there were at my table and 150 of the Jews and rulers, besides those that came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me and once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this require not I the bread of the governor because the bondage was heavy upon this people. Think upon me, my God, for good according to all that I have done for this people. So Nehemiah, he wanted to make sure that they were independent as a nation and didn't cause themselves to be beholden to other nations, which was also according to God's laws. Now, what happens to politicians in America whenever they do things to keep us from being beholden to other nations? They typically get creamed, don't they? And let me tell you, it is important for nations to be independent it is it's you know it's important that we as a nation you know it's it's sad that we aren't not you know that we're buying so much oil and things from other countries it's it's sad all the junk we're getting from other countries we should be self-sufficient as a nation and god wanted israel self-sufficient as a nation and so just like all these people were kind of in bondage to their own brethren but they got that fixed Nehemiah, Nehemiah made sure that the leadership set the example and they said, hey, we are going to take care of ourselves. We are not going to eat. We're not going to take from, you know, foreigners and from these other kings because we do not want to be beholden to them. We want to be able to do exactly what God wants us to do. And so let's, let's keep ourselves independent there. And so having said all this, 
Two, you know, what about Biden who wants to remove everybody's student loans? That sounds like a good thing, right? Well, what everybody needs to get a hold of again is you can't just take one aspect of God's law while violating 47 other aspects of God's law. Okay, you know, again, if uh, if if Biden does end up forgetting student loans, I mean, what are, what are you going to do if you have a student loan? Well, I would personally party uh, if that happened. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, it you know, either way, it's it's still it's not necessarily going to help the country. It's going to hurt the country because they're not going to quit, you know, conning kids into getting these loans. They're not going to fix all these other things. You know, there's, there's so many things they're going to continue doing wrong that even if they do one right thing, it doesn't even really make it right. Because again, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a package deal. And did you know that obeying one aspect of God's law while disobeying 47 other aspects of God's law is disobedience? And did you know obeying 47 aspects of God's law while disobeying one it's still disobedience. We don't just, we're not supposed to just pick and choose. And so releasing people of their debt, it works great if we're following the biblical system, but our country's not even close to following this. So just doing this one thing doesn't make anything better. It can actually make things worse. And so, again, it's like the people who say, I'm going to heaven because I obeyed this one law. That's not how that works. That's not how these things work. And so, when it comes to borrowing and lending and things like that, I don't believe it's a sin to borrow money, but I do think everybody needs to practice prudence. I think we should guide our affairs with discretion. I think it's important that we understand who we're getting the money from, what they're going to do. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that we don't get things where it's beyond our control. I don't think we ought to take advantage either. You know, I don't think we ought to just go running up a whole bunch of debt and then just file in bankruptcy because we can or something like that, you know, that can, that can end up backfiring on you anyway. But I do think that everybody just in America follow these principles and say, you know what? I want, I, well, one, I want to survive. You know, obviously we all have to survive, but two, I want to try to be as free as I possibly can. I want, I want financial freedom should be what we all shoot for and how all of us get there you know, we're all going to take different paths. We all have different skills, different abilities, and there's some, uh, we're going to all face different challenges. And either way, we just need to be very careful. And at, the, and at the same time, too, we all need to make sure that we don't try to get involved in taking advantage of people so we can get rich. That's just not, that's not what God intended. If we get anything from this, you know, get that principle of those who, you know, are given to the poor, we're lending to the Lord. And if I want anybody to be in my debt in any way, let it be the Lord. And I know that might sound weird, but that's what we see in Proverbs. It's just God, God told us to do that. And so let's just trust him and just be good to people. So with that, let's pray dear Lord. Thank you so much for these uh, lessons that we can learn about borrowing and lending. I pray you'll help us to uh, practice discretion in this area. I pray that you'll help uh, keep all of us free when it comes to these things and you'll help us to uh, just be blessed and successful. Pray a blessed service coming up in the next hour. In your name we pray. Amen.